Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday, Father. How are we doing? I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing. Doing. <laughs> doing well. We'll talk about more of that in the second segment, but it was Catechetical Sunday yesterday. Beautiful week. Beautiful weekend. Beautiful Mass at, at 1030 in particular, mm-hmm. as we commissioned our catechists for, and, and teachers mm-hmm. uh, for this new year of, uh, of ministry and service. We had a packed house. It was a great turnout. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't mandate it. Um, you know, we, we inv- obviously we invite uh, all our our parish catechists, our school teachers, not all of them necessarily live in the area, or or, uh, or, or this is not necessarily their their home parish. But it was uh, it was beautiful to see so many of our teachers who came out uh, for the celebration. So they were they were there, and it was it was a be- you know the families came and and children came, and it was just just an incredible incredible turnout, and it's just. A great time to honor our catechists, to commission them, to to thank them for the work that they do, especially our catechists who do this on a volunteer basis yeah. and do it with public school children. Who, you know, I always last week we started, you know, religious ed, and I always observe, and this is going back to all, you know pretty much every parish I've, I've been at, but particularly in the last ten years, as I've been a pastor, and that it was just observing uh, the the children because. You know, especially on Wednesday, we, you know, we, were, we were joking on Saturday morning that Saturday morning kids are a little more subdued. Yeah. <laughs> Wednesday afternoon, they've had an entire day of school. Yep. They're jacked up. They're they're hyper. Uh, and so I always observe them, and, and the teachers have to take that into the classroom. And you have classroom management. You have to, you know, have kids that are hyperactive. You have kids that maybe unruly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and these are volunteers. Some of them are not professional teachers, and yet they do it, and they do it with such great love. Uh, for the church and for these children and, and, and getting them ready for the sacraments and continuing their education after the religious education after they receive the sacraments. Uh, so our catechists deserve nothing but praise because what they do is just heroic. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I was, and I said it yesterday during my homily, I was, I was formed by catechists my entire life because I went to public school and they did uh, such an amazing job. Yeah, you know, I, I said it at the first assembly with the parents and the kids present and I say it consistently throughout the year you know I, I get all the credit because my name is on the you know as, as the director of the program but it's all them yeah you know the, the catechists the, what they do in the classroom what they do to, to journey with these not just with the kids but with the families is oh, I mean I, I can't I can't say enough how much I appreciate them how much I love them and what a what an amazing job they do uh, not just not just preparing, and this is what you mentioned in the in the homily in particular. You know, not just preparing them on how to receive the sacrament, you know, but more importantly, being witness to them you know, of what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, and and leading them to that encounter with this person that is Jesus Christ. And it, and it goes to, and that's what I challenge the catechists and the teacher on yesterday is that. It goes to who they are. I mentioned the catechist who, who taught me for First Communion, that I may not remember the specific lessons. I may not remember what she taught on a particular day. I mean, obviously, I remember all the tenets of faith because that were covered there. I don't know when it, when it was done or, or in what fashion it was done or, what, or how limited it was done when I was eight years old. But I do remember her kindness. I do remember her smile. I do remember her, her warmth or the sense of peace that she brought. And... You know, and I, and I, I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, I, I, I also had catechists that were, you know, that were that were very good, you know, and very and, and brought a lot. But you know, especially when I was getting, you know, getting ready for confirmation, that they would get exasperated with us because we were teenagers. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's happened to me as I as I've taught, you know, confirmation over the years. I mean, long time ago, but but you know, but still, you can't take away the just. The joy that they bring, and and that they do it willingly, and we have, you know, Anne who's down the hall right now, you know, helping us count, uh, who's been doing it for sixty. Was it she had sixty four years? No, wait, 
68 years. 68 years. So she started in 1954. She's She started teaching when my the year my father was born. So that puts it into perspective. She's been only doing it here for 20, but right. still. 68 years of being a catechist. That's that's just extraordinary. It it, it you 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 taken it and, and you and I were talking about it briefly last Wednesday when she told me when she told us sixty eight that when she started you know what they, the the basis was the Baltimore Catechist and the council mm-hmm. the council hadn't happened so she she lived through the, the the Second Vatican Council us you know the, you know as a church trying to figure out what the council means you know all these things and she's been doing it faithfully yep. for all these years and and with joy in her heart and God bless her and and uh, you know. God bless Anne and, and all and all the all the years that she's been teaching and continues to teach. God yeah, bless and, her. And it's I love to I love to watch her in particular when first communions come around. Yeah, because she's one of her, her class is preparing for first communion. You know, and we always say, you know, there's one of the greatest joys for me as as the DRE but especially for our catechists is you know, they've they've journeyed together over this whole year. You know, and then when the night of their first penance comes and you see the child go in with with nerves and trepidation and, and a little bit of fear because it's the first time they're doing it. They go into the confessional and then they come out and just the smile on their face. You know, and, and I love to see the smile on the kid's face. But more important, I love to see the smile on the catechist's face. You know, and Anne's face every spring is I, mean, I have to I have to see if I can get a, a, a picture of her <laughs> because it's just ear to ear. You know, and and it's what I said to the uh, I, you heard me at assembly. It's what I say to the kids and what I say to the parents and, and what I say you know to anyone who's listening. They do this because they love the Lord. You know, they're they're volunteers. They're not being paid. They're not. They're doing this for one reason and one reason alone because the, they love the Lord because they love their faith because they want to pass that on. You know, and and is but one of our catechists. But but the the, the truth holds for all of them. You know. They they do this out of selfless joy and selfless love for the Lord, for his church, and just this desire to say, this is important in my life, and I want to pass this on you know, to whoever will listen. And and it's important to, to our children also, to our young people, that that they have catechists who are well-prepared. And, and I mean, it goes to the heart of what I was preaching about yesterday, that it's not just you know, having the kids memorize prayers or having the kids, you know, read about what Jesus did or what Jesus said, but it's about invite, inviting them into a relationship with Jesus. Now, yes, the world sometimes does not allow these children to totally buy in because obviously the kids nowadays, you know, they're, they're, they're hypnotized by video games, by everything on their phone, by everything on their iPads, by, by so many different things. That when it comes to something as beautiful as Jesus Christ mm-hmm. to, uh, and his teachings, when it comes to something as beautiful as our faith, you know, they're like, eh, you know, they need to feel it. Now, it's very, now, it may be hard, it's harder to sell to the to, to teenagers, to young people, because we see it every every spring with, with, with the first communicants, with the children that receive first communion, they come with so much joy. Now, our biggest challenge is the parents, whether or not they bring them to Mass, whether they share in that joy. Now, we've had the pleasant experience of having parents say, you know, my child is the one that brings me to Mass, my child is the one that pesters me to come to Mass, and and they discover the beauty of the Mass because of their children, thanks be to God. But that's just the exception and not the norm. So we have to pray for these parents that, you know, that they not just, you know, send them here to receive, the, you know, go through the rite of passage and... Right. And, and move on, know that they also enter into a relationship as a family, enter into that relation with the Lord. Because, you know, we talked about the word kerygma, which means proclamation. That proclamation requires a response from each and every one of us. It requires a response from the children. It requires a response from the families. And so, yeah, the parents, I, I'll say it, they're an obstacle. I mean, in, in, in your in your experience as DRE, you, you've had to experience that as well. Absolutely. Yep. The um, and, and this is, I'm glad we do this podcast because this, this is an important aspect of this entire idea of Catechetical Sunday that we weren't able to get into in, in the limited time we had yesterday. And yes, we, we, as a church, commissioned these 
special individuals who have been called to to do the the teaching portion, if you will, you know, to lead the classroom, you know, to to journey with the kids to ensure that they're being sacramentally prepared, you know, appropriately and properly, and, and that they're, you know, when when the time comes for these children to celebrate the sacraments, they know what they're doing, they're they're aware of it, you know, they're choosing it willingly. But, and and I say this, and I'm sure my parents are tired of hearing me say this, the parents are the first catechists of the children. And our job as, my job as a, as a DRE, the, the job of the catechists who we just come, and teachers next door who we just commissioned yesterday, is not to replace them, you know, but to be essentially a, a, a guide, you know, to, to walk with them. You know, and so often, and this is the obstacle that we see, not just in the religious ed program, but to an extent, you know, next door in the school, is we get families who, you know, drop off the kids and say, okay, you take care of this for me. Call them parking lot. Parents. You know, and I'll pick them up at the end of the hour. I'll pick them up at the end of the day. And, you know, everything that we just taught them in the classroom, you know, about who Jesus is, about how to pray, about, you know, how to make a, how to prepare for a confession, how to go to confession, you know, how to receive communion, what to respond in mass. If we're not doing it in the classroom, it's not happening at home. Yeah, and that's, you know, as we, as we were going through the mass yesterday, you know, I, I kind of snuck into the sanctuary during the gospel, and the line that struck me was the very first line of the gospel. You know, it's, Jesus said to his disciples, "The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones." You know, and my heart immediately went to to our families, you know, to our parents in particular, who, by virtue, you know, at, on, at the day of the baptism of their children, they said, you know, "I promise to raise my children in the faith." You know, I promise to lead them to a relationship with Jesus Christ. I promise to bring them you know, as active members of the church. You know, and those are massive promises. You know, but, the very most, but the most basic, simple promise is, you know, I promise to raise my children in the faith. And that's very simple to do. But, but, is, it, but is it, though? It is. You know, and, and I'm... And my here's a name dropping my my wife again. Angie said, "You know the podcast is is great," and and she said this last year, and and she said it again. She said, "You know, can you give more like practical things?" Here we go. You know, and and but it's important. I said, in this particular what we're talking about right now, is it simple to lead your children in a life of faith? A person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. You know, Jesus Christ, God will not just, you know, give us an avalanche right on day one. You know, and say, you know, here's everything you need to know and here's exactly how to do it, figure it out, you know, and, and it's going to be overwhelming. No, he's going to walk with us and he's going to walk with us gently because he loves us. To lead our children in a life of faith practically as parents, it starts with a simple thing like teaching your children how to make the sign of the cross. How many children did the sign of the cross when I led prayer on Wednesday? The, the, the kids who came back from last year. See, but see, that's a problem. But that's, that's why it starts, you know, and, and again, the person who's trustworthy in small matters will be entrusted with great. Because it starts small. How, how old was Lexi when you taught her the sign of the cross? Oh, she was <clears throat> I don't two? think she was two years old. Not even? Not even. MJ knew it last year. No. But that's why, but that's why it, the, the practical thing here, and again, we might be preaching to the choir to our regular listeners, but no, this but is why. Share but this is why it's yeah. important to share this. Yeah, because a, a hesitation that I hear over and over from the parents is, "I don't know enough." But everybody knows the sign of the cross. But but again, you got to start somewhere, and that's why we're talking about this right now. You know, it starts with you know teach them how to make the sign of the cross. Even secular people know how to do the sign of the you cross. Know, teach them how to pray the Our Father. You know, you don't need to know you know how to meditate on a full rosary on day one. Right. You know, start with. Learn the Hail Mary. Right, but why am I harping on the sign of the cross? Because it is the, the most simplest, the simplest prayer we have as a church, and probably the most profound. And it is a prayer. This is it, people yeah. forget. <laughs> because we, we do it to remind ourselves of our baptism. We, we cross ourselves when we walk into a church and place our fingers in the holy water. You know, we teach our children to do it because at the very beginning of the baptismal rite, that sign of the cross was traced on our child's forehead. Yep. And 
By, Notice by the priest, by the boy, by the priest and? deacon, and then <laughs> this is what I'm getting at. See, this is why George and I sometimes share a brain. Okay, uh, we did not pre-plan this. No, the 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 priest or the deacon does the sign of the cross on the short, on the forehead, and then he says, "And I invite the parents and godparents to do the same." So, and I harp on this a lot during baptisms because my mother to this day. And I turned 47 on, on, on Friday. To this day, still blesses me when I, when I visit and I leave the house or when I spend the night. You know, I can't. Oh, my goodness. This summer, did I hear it from her? <laughs> I went to bed one night without saying goodnight to her, without receiving my blessing. And I heard about it. Mom, if you're listening, I love you. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying I was in the wrong. You were right. Okay, but because I mean, it's a. You know, Wait, can God, you say that again? We have this recorded. Yeah, I know. You just said what? I was in the wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's another sound drop you want. So, um, Andrew, yeah, I want. Angie, I, Angie wants me to say. Yeah, that. I was gonna say. <laughs> so, but 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 it's important. I harp on this on because I grew up with that. That my parents would bless me on the way to school. They would <clears throat> they would bless me when they would tuck me in at night. You know, my mother does not tuck me in still, but I have to pass by her room. Or when we say goodnight and we're retiring to our, you know, when we're on vacation, we're at the beach house, wherever, it needs to be done. Because, and and, and listen, I, I, I preached about this this morning, whether tomorrow is not a given, because I was the Proverbs uh, reading from this morning on Monday morning. Uh, tomorrow is not a given, because the day that the Lord calls my mother home, you know, I'm going to be like, okay. My mother's not there to bless me. Now, I harp on this because I see it in so many cultures. Venezuelans are excellent in that. Mm -hmm. Bendición. Bendición, yep. The, you know, they ask for blessing. You know, they don't say hello. Right. Okay? They say bendición. Yep. Like, give me your... It's like asking, give me your blessing. It happens to me all the time. It took me a while as a priest because I my my home parish, my first parish, I had a lot of Venezuelans, and they would go, Padre, bendición. Yep. Not, Padre, how are you? Padre, good morning. Padre, bendición. And the response to that is not, uh, 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 this is usually why I was right. Uh, the response is, Dios te bendiga. God bless you. Right. They want it. When I was on missions in Mexico, the children of the town would go to the elders of the town for them to receive the blessing from the elders. Mm -hmm. So it is a vital importance. So going back, the sign of the cross is vital. Now, we're not, we're not casting aspersions. We're not, you know, criticizing. I mean, we are. But the children, we'll, we'll teach them. Okay. But, at, but at some point, we have to say to the parents, what are you doing? Because this is something so simple. Okay. I have a friend who just had their second child, and the other one is probably on MJ's, MJ's age, two and a half. Mm -hmm. And in Spanish, they already taught him the Our Father. And amazing, beautifully done. And the other day... We're working on the Hail Mary. Yeah. Working on the Hail Mary for sure. But, yeah, but 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 again, that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and to Two go, years old. yeah, yeah. To to go back to this, you know, the the first line of the gospel. You know, start small, because the the better we are at the small things, you know, the more we'll be empowered for the bigger things. You know, so so yes, my, and not to toot my own horn, but you know, we, my wife and I, toot said, it, toot it. You know, it's important that our children know what it means to pray. You know, and and yes. We're like anyone else. We get lazy sometimes, and at night we might get be very tired. And oh, but how yeah. many times do the we'll, kids ask you? We'll skip the. So yeah, that's what I'm getting. You know, we'll skip. We'll say we'll read a short book and and you know do a quick prayer if we if we even pray at all because we just want to you know put the kids down and finally get you know, a moment of silence. Yeah, and MJ, my two and a half year old, if I skip the prayer, you know when I, when I'm trying to get out the door, he'll be you know papi pap, we have to pray, we have to pray. You know, and the prayer that we've taught him is very simple. You know, and this is why, you know, again, Angie, you wanted the practical things. Anyone can do this. You know, we don't have to invent a crazy prayer. You know, maybe a two-and-a-half-year-old doesn't have the full Our Father down. But we taught him, you know, Gracias, Papa Dios, por todas las bendiciones de este día. We love you. You know, thank you, Father, for all the blessings of this day. We love you. Amen. Period. End of story. That's the prayer. That's his little prayer that he has to pray every single night. And if we and if we forget it, he will let us know. He calls you on it, you know. <laughs> but guy. you know, but that is laying this foundation for 
you know, what we hope will be a life of faith and a life of prayer, you know, where, you know, now my four and a half year old will, she's learning the, you know, the prayer before meals at school, mm-hmm. but she knows the Our Father, she knows the Hail Mary, you know, and if we don't pray before bed, she'll let us know, hey, we have to pray. We have to pray. She'll, she'll rather pray than read the book. <laughs> Good. Which is beautiful to see, but, but it's because we started simple and, and the Lord has allowed that to grow. You know, so for us as, for my fellow parents who are listening, you know, again, to, to go back to what does all this mean practically for us? You know, yesterday we celebrated our catechists, but parents are the first and most important catechists. You know, for the first and most important. You know, we had that experience last year where the, the high schooler said, you know, my mom is forcing me to be here, but we never go to Mass on Sunday, and it's hypocritical. She's yeah. got a point. And we had we had no response to that. So, you know, this year, the first thing I said is, half of you don't want to be here. Your parents are forcing you to be here. That's fine you, and dandy. You were pretty direct. They're, they're allowed to do that. They're your parents. Okay, but when you go home tonight, and you can tell them that I said this, you know, you say, mom and dad, you're the first and most important catechist. So you're forcing me to go to class, but you have to do your part too. You know, and we're all in this together. You know, so again, our, our catechist, our program, this parish, we're here to support, we're here to journey with our families, not, but not to replace them. No. You know, and that's why we do formation nights. And that's why we have, you know, all these, re- you know, we, we subscribe to forums, which I, don't, I haven't seen the statistics lately, but, you know, it's there to, for, for our families to learn. You know, and maybe they, they're not ready for, you know, a 30-day silent retreat of St. Ignatius. Neither am I. <laughs> I'm not. You know, but, but we take it one day at a time. All right, so if your question is, you know, I have a doubt about the Virgin Mary. You know, and what do Catholics actually believe about the Virgin Mary, which is a valid question that we hear all the time. You know, okay, look it up or ask and find the answer. You know, and, lead, and asking that question will lead you to something deeper. And then that answer will lead you to something deeper. And that answer will lead you to something deeper. You know, you've been a priest for? 20 years. And you're still learning. And you're still oh, yeah. going deeper. Mm-hmm. Right? I've been, I've been a DRE for nine. I've been in, in the life of the church since I was born. And I still learn something new every day. Because, again, the Lord, who, if, if we're trustworthy in small matters, we'll be trustworthy in greater matters. And the more we, you know, the, as, as we grow in those simple things, we will grow in the deeper things. You know, as Jorge said earlier, we don't, we didn't plan this. I mean, we just turn the microphones on and off we go. And usually we go, okay, what did Father preach about yesterday? And we're not even getting into that right now because it's like, <laughs> what, why bother? Because I think that what we're talking about right now is so vital that parents understand the critical role that they play in the formation of their children. Because like I said, I had wonderful catechists in, in CCD my entire life. I had wonderful catechists, but everything I know about my faith, I learned about my parents. Yep. Now, my the, the catechists tweak, you know, fine tuned that. Mm-hmm. Went a little, maybe, maybe went a little bit deeper. I remember my, my time here at 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 CCD here in this parish when I was in sixth grade, while my sister was preparing to do her first communion, when she because she's younger than me, you know, it was sixth grade. So sixth grade, you learn about the Old Testament. So I learned more some of the stories about the Old Testament that I didn't know before that, uh, and so. It was like mm-hmm. a foundation. And that's the thing when it comes to children. What we're giving them is a foundation. You start off with the sign of the cross. Yep. You start off with the simple prayers. You know, for, for many in the Hispanic culture, it could be the guardian angel prayer. Or even, you know, even even here in the United States, it's a very simple prayer. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom I love, my convincing dear. Ever this day be at my side, to lie, to guard, to rule, and guide. It's a little it's a little nice from Spanish. Yeah. So, but... um. <laughs> It, it, it is of vital importance that our parents say, you know what, if I'm going to take my child to CCD or to enroll them in a Catholic school, then I need to know what they're learning in class. I need to be able to answer the questions. And, and I've had parents that have come up to me and said, Father, you know, my, my child is asking these questions, and I don't know how to answer. I go, well, here's the thing. Okay, I always said, well, number one, nowadays you don't need to reach for a book on the shelf. There's this wonderful little tool called Google, yep. which just, just Jorge and I use careful all the time. No, but I always say, I always say with the, with the, with the caveat, I go make sure 
that when you whatever it is, whatever question you're, that you're asking yeah. or you're asked by your child, that it comes from a Catholic source, whether it be a Catholic answers, not a forum. I always say, don't do it from a mm-hmm. message board because you have crazies out there that may yeah. may communicate what they want to communicate, but not mm-hmm. what the church wants to communicate. Make sure it comes from a diocesan website, from a website of a church, from you know, from whether it be Word on Fire, whether it be uh, Ign- Ignatian Press, whether it be uh, blank on the Augustinian Institute, uh, St. Paul Institute by, with Scott Hahn. All of these perfect answers. You know, and we've man, we've come a long way as a church we in have. this last decade. No, we have uh, absolutely we have just, because it, just the content that's out there and the quality of the content it that's is. out there. Like you were shocked the other day when I pulled the code of canon law off my bookshelf yeah. and put it on my desk because <laughs> you know, I go where I you know, it's so easy to type into Google what is a can canon that has to do with whatever, yep. X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. And it'll come out. And to pull the book off the bookshelf. See, children do not know the joys of going and reaching for the encyclopedia, yeah. and they go, let me learn about the state of Hawaii. I remember, because I, I, I say Hawaii, because I remember it was a big sixth grade project that I had to do nice. in the state of Hawaii. It was a lot of fun, and I ended up going to Hawaii later on in life. So all these things, you know, we did as children, and now we have them at our fingertips. We have it in, you know, last night I'm having a conversation with Brother Preet, and he's trying to remember a date or a figure, and, and, I, and he's on the phone, and I'm looking it up on my phone while he's yeah. talking to me, and I go, oh, it happened this day, that day. Uh, and he's like, oh, that's right. So... We have it in our fingertips. We have it in our pockets. Nope. So it has never been easier to evangelize our children. It's never been easier for it. Now, as you said, warning, there is a lot of crazy content out there. There's a lot of content out there that uh, may have ulterior motives, may mm-hmm. want us to, it may slant towards the right or towards the left. I hate saying that because there's only one truth. As, as Timothy reminded, there's only one God. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and life. There's only one truth, and the truth of the church is constant. You know, so we have to say, okay, where is this truth coming from? But when it comes to our children, it's very simple. I mean, it says the celibate priest. <laughs> it's, you know, it's very simple when it comes to just teaching them the basics, how to do the sign of the cross. What does that mean, that crucifix that's up there? What is the picture of Mother Mary, you know, in our in our living room? What? Who is she? You know, your children. No, you. You know, when when Lexi could barely talk, whenever you would drive by the church, you got them up by the house of God. It's the house of God. You know, MJ says the same thing. So it's making them aware of that. But and, and it's also, and this is the hard part. It's also corralling them and bringing them to mass. And you see, some poor parents, they're so exasperated. So exasperated, you know, or he's raising his hand here in the studio. <laughs> but doing a lot of play-by-play of count stuff. Me, count me among the Yeah, group. but if you did not do, what's the alternative? Oh, but it, but we, you know, the the family who sat behind us yesterday, you know, and, and MJ was had a good day. He did, I didn't hear him. But but they they said to us when Mass was over, said, you know, when I was, when I had, my kids were your age, I was in that same struggle. And... And Angie just shot right back and said, I know it's hard, but we have to do it now. Because if we don't teach them now, they'll never learn. You know, and yes, the first the first time we brought MJ to Mass was a nightmare. And the second and the third and the fourth and the 49th and the 50th time you know, <laughs> was a nightmare. But the better. more he comes, you know, he's he's starting to understand that, oh, I'm inside. I'm inside the church. Mass is taking place. You know, we're teaching him little by little. You know, he doesn't know the difference between you know the mass and a baseball game. <laughs> you know, he just he knows when we're in church. Okay, we have to be quiet. You know, he can't he can't explain what's going on. You know, but we've started to teach him. You know, when we come to mass, we have to be respectful. We have to be quiet. We have to pray. You know, we say we say okay, it's time to pray, and and he'll stand on the kneeler and. And put his hands, you know, folded in prayer, and so know. he's the one that broke the needle. This he's weekend. yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, is he actually praying? Probably no. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just responding to our instruction. Yeah. But again, you know, to go the practical approach to what the, the that first line of the gospel and everything we've been talking about. Start with the small things, and the Lord will grow it from there. You know, because if we don't teach him the posture of prayer. 
at the very basic, you know, then, and, and he never learns that. He's going to go his whole life, and he may never understand what it means to pray. You know, what it means to physically stop what you're doing, you know, and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dedicate this moment to prayer. You know, I'm going to put aside the crayons, and I'm going to put aside the toys, and I'm going to put aside the snacks, you know, and take this moment to, to focus myself and prepare myself for prayer and, and give a moment of silence so that the Lord can speak to me or so that I can speak to the Lord, which is, which is what prayer is, conversation. Mm-hmm. And so you start with the basic, and the Lord will take it from there. You know? and, and we see it in our families over and over and over again. You know, they start with something very simple. And that grows, and that grows. You know, I tell my families, if you don't come to Mass at all, you know, ideally I would love to see you there every Sunday. You know, but that might be overwhelming for you. Okay, so start coming once a month. You know, and then after a few months, you're going to see it's not that bad. So you'll start to come twice a month. And then you'll come twice a month. And then you'll come three times a month. And it's going to start becoming a habit of your weekend, a habit for your family, to the point where you're going to say, this is something that, that is non-negotiable now. You know, and that's not going to happen overnight. You know, that's not going to happen overnight. If, if you've spent X number of years never stepping foot in a church, ideally, yes, we'd love for, to see you there every Sunday. You know, but start once a month. Come little by little. You know, start nurturing that life of, of prayer for yourself. Start you know, understanding what it means to receive sacramental grace. Start learning what sacramental grace is to begin with. You know, and the Lord will will take you, meet you where you're at, and can, and start to journey alongside you. And and if we're trustworthy in those small things, He will start to bless us more and more and more into the deeper things, into the more important things, into the bigger things. You know, and it, and know that we are here to help you. Absolutely, that you're not alone. That there's other parents who are going through the same struggles that you are, that find it difficult to bring. How many emails have we gotten? They said, Father, I don't come because, you know, can you build a crime? No. Can Never you, happening. <laughs> can, you, can you do a daycare? No, because, you know, a lot of Protestant churches and even some Catholic churches mm-hmm. say, oh, no, uh, kids can br- drop them off here. No. It is in vitally important. You know, my friend sitting across the table from me right now has spent so much time in the last year and a half Chasing his child around the garden of our church yeah. because, and, and <laughs> when we were driving, we would listen to the the mass on the phone because the ch- you know the child was too rambunctious. But slowly, he's trying to see you know the child when he walks in. You know who was a rambun- rambunctious child uh, when it came to mass? You, yeah. <laughs> Does it surprise you? I could not sit still. Does it surprise you? No. You, you know, know, in my in my second grade in my second grade class. I stood up on the desk and screamed out at the top of my lungs, "This is boring!" Yeah, I could see that's a, that's the first and biggest time the, mo- the the time I got in most trouble in school. <laughs> Instead of saying, and, oh, "Captain, my captain," like that poet society, he did. This is boring. And the Lord has quite a sense of humor because now I'm I'm a dre in the life of the, living in the. And you have literally. a child that will probably do that and you know be called <laughs> to the school. Uh, but we we were both you know we were both rambunctious to children and now we. We we there we could st- we could stay still for the most part, and you know, but it's a struggle. My parent my parents was a non negotiable Sundays mass, before meals pray. Nope. We weren't my looking back. I don't man, and my parents may correct me, and they will. I I I don't remember you know prayers before going to bed, but I know that. There was there was a crucifix over my bed, and there was a there was a picture of the guardian angel, nope. and there was a picture of. Saint Joseph and Jesus, you know, in the workshop in my in my bedroom. And these are things my mother put in my bedroom, and all of these things I remember. And if these are the things that you as parents can do to put religious images in yeah. your home, which takes p- zero effort, yeah, and minimal dollars, no, yeah, you know, it, it costs nothing to hang a crucifix over your front door. It's so you simple, know, and, and but but again, the what will grow from that, you know, from from having that image present in your house. You know, I, I love to go to a friend's house and say, you know, it's it's obvious that you're Catholic. Yeah. You don't have to say a word, you know, but I can just look around and and it's it's kind of fun to do that. You know, go to people's houses and just look around and say, okay, it's obvious that, you know, you're a baseball fan. It's obvious that, 
you're a family man. It's obvious. You know, is it obvious that we are a Catholic family? You know, and and it's something very simple to do, but it but it pays off huge dividends because as you're pointing out right now, as our children grow and they're surrounded by these images, those are the things that they're going to remember. You know, they're going to remember the statue of Mary in the garden or the crucifix over their bed. You know, they're going to remember you know, the, the little plaque of prayer that's hanging over the, the dining room table, whatever it may be. You know, those, those are the images that will, that will stick with the children because that's, my parents said it was important you know, and it was very obvious that you know, our, our, our house and our decoration and, and the images in our house reflected who we are you know, and, and was a physical sign of what we do. You know, as, as we lead this life of prayer, it's just trying, you know. And, and yes, we may, we may put an image of a saint and, and we don't really get it, we don't understand it, but it's there you know, as a physical reminder. You know, and, and again, start with the small things. And the Lord will grow it from there. Because devotion to that saint will grow. Right? And then that saint will introduce us to another saint. And that saint will bring us closer to Jesus Christ. You know, and it starts some, with something very simple. And, we, and it grows from there. Amen. And so, parents, remember, you are the primary catechist. Jorge says that ad nauseum. I say it ad nauseum. Sister Rosalie says it ad nauseum. Because we need to remind them that because the thing is, it makes our ministry easier. And we're not saying it just for that, by the way. No, 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 no. <laughs> but it, the, the thing is that it's easier and more fruitful. Uh, that's the, when, it, it, it allows us to go even deeper. Right. More fruitful in helping complement what you are doing at home. Because if I had a classroom full of Lexis and MJs, you know, I, know, I'm, I know what I'm working with. I know the, the type of formation they're receiving at home, and it makes it easier for me to go deeper with them. Okay, you did this. Okay, what does that mean? Where do we get this prayer? What, you know, as they, as they grow older, going deeper into, which are questions that teenagers are asking now in eighth grade. So just take the time, you know, and even if your children are adults, you know, I have so many parents that say, my, my child has gone astray. And I taught, and then, Father, I did all the things that you said, or I did all the things you said in the podcast today, and my children have still gone astray. Okay. Never stop reminding them, you know, just like the parable of the prodigal son, never stop reminding them that they have parents that love them, that they have a God that loves them. And sooner or later, you know, it's, it, it amazes me that when they get in trouble, where do they go? To the church. Like funerals, where do they go? They go to church. And that's usually where I see right. my little hush sheep <laughs> most of the time. I see them at weddings also, but... For the most part, because weddings, you know, are, inv are invitation invited events, funerals are open. Mm -hmm. You see them there looking for answers. They know where the answers are, because you, as parents, as a church, we teach it to them. So, it, catechetical son is a reminder for all of us that we all have to be catechists, starting with our parents. And we pray for you every single day that you be the best of catechists, that you be like Mary and Joseph, who were entrusted by God to teach Jesus these simple things. They were entrusted with a very small matter that came, mm. turned out to be a very big matter, <laughs> which was the raising of our Lord. And they did it beautifully because it was the just example of St. Joseph, you know, taking his son to synagogue. It was Mary teaching Jesus' prayers, teaching him how to love. There was a great meditation by a Jesuit priest during, you know, we're talking about spiritual exercises, Earlier, saying, "Where do you he 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 posits the theory? Where do you think Jesus heard all these parables? Probably heard it from his mother, yep. you know. So that's not canon, but just throwing it out there. So parents do a good job, teach them how to do the sign of the cross from the very early beginnings. You know, they 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 try to mimic as I see children all the time in mass looking up at their parents, trying to do the same motions, trying to do the same things that they do. Teach them." They're sponges. They want to learn. And it's our job to teach them. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you! running back. Wow. 
That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just no, but just no. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? Victory Monday. That's right. Here we go. <laughs> and joining us on the phone from Baltimore, who was in the building to watch probably one of the greatest game in Dolphin history, in recent history, definitely, yep. Marino. Ashley, how are you doing this morning on this Victory Monday? Father, it still feels like a dream. It's still like I'm pinching myself. Even like leaving the stadium yesterday, it's so... I even said this, between this win and Miami Miracle, I've been to the two biggest Dolphins games in like the last, what, You were in the building years. for the Miami Miracle? I was, Oh, yeah. wow. So, it's, but uh, the feeling of the Miami Miracle compared to this, Yeah, this but, was but there were there was nothing, I mean, other than beating the Patriots, which is always fun, there was nothing yeah. like major at stake, you know, because he, this is an early season clash between two teams with playoff aspirations, mm-hmm. a very good Baltimore team. And we exactly. still didn't know what the Dolphins... We still don't know what we have in the Dolphins, but I think we know now. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and this was a game, obviously, we knew that they were going to be hungry from last season. We beat them that Thursday night game with Lamar Jackson coming down here. So they already had that in their mouth. And then also, like, it's it was their home opener, right? And um, so they were ready for it. And obviously, they've gotten better throughout the offseason. So I can tell you when, um, so I'll give you a little back kind of what happened. So we get to the stadium, we get there early around 10 o'clock, and we're walking through Ravens Walk, which is a great area where they have different booths for the fans and everything. And I look at Lou and I said, wow, there's a lot of Dolphins fans here. And yeah, we've we gone to away well. games. We there well. was so many Dolphins fans. And so, with the Ravens fans, like they were nice and they were cool and we were having a good time. It wasn't until the game started where they got that first, you know, that, that drive or, or not the no, drive. No, the opening kickoff. kickoff. The opening kickoff. Where yeah. they got the kickoff and they yeah. ran it is where the fans got like nasty and mean. And <laughs> and they just, the, between that, between the first and the third, they were unbearable. And then after the game, you would have thought you were leaving someone's funeral. They didn't say a peep. It was something else. <laughs> That's <laughs> so awesome. So it was just like an up and down with those fans. But no, it was it was um, it, it's it's so hard to like put it into words. But granted, what does this game mean? It could mean things. It's an early victory, early season victory. Yeah. But it felt like a huge like win against the Bills. I, uh, that's how we kind of feel. Right, and 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 that's why this weekend's game is I think takes on because listen, there were there were like. Two or three times that I almost turned off the game. I was extraordinarily tired because of the UM game going late that the previous oh, night I had. Yeah. And we'll talk about that later. But the, the you know, just the, the mass yesterday. And then, you know, I get to the, and I, I shut it down. I almost shut it down twice to take a nap. But they just <laughs> kept reeling me in. And thank God I didn't take a nap. Uh, oh, because gosh, it was, no. I mean, Tua was, people were, you know, I don't know if you were on Twitter during the first half, but people were, Writing him off, and and I will confess, Uh-oh. when here, yeah, here, here we go. I, I, I when when they went up thirty five fourteen, Lamar Jackson had that incredible seventy five yard mm-hmm. run. I said in my family group chat, uh, you know, pretty much my my cousins, my nephew. Don't tell and, me you said it's over. No, I didn't say it's over. Oh, okay, <laughs> I all I said was. He's gonna look. He's gonna look. Lamar's gonna look good in a dolphin uniform next year because that, that, that's a lot of rumors. Father. I know. I said something. <laughs> you know, I my Tuana membership should be revoked. You know, <laughs> but, but it, I I did say that. I have I have the text to prove it. I have the receipts. But oh, people goodness. were writing him off, and then the fourth quarter rolls around, and man, listen, that was fun. It was. That it was. was it was incredibly fun. Six touchdowns. Ashley saw each and every one of them. So at the end of the day, just go back on the Lamar thing. At the end of the day, Lamar is a fantastic quarterback. He is top ten, top ten in the league, right? Um, and I've doubted him in the past. Yeah, especially no. after and that's the thing. especially after us shutting him down last year. Yeah, no, top ten quarterback in the league. And so the Ravens fans, you know, us being the nice uh, Catholics that we are, leaving, we're not like ha ha. We're like, hey, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, right? We're, so we're still congratulating them about that. Um, but no, those six touchdowns, and ironically enough. So our seats, we had third row end zone, and the end zone where all the touchdowns happened, like it was worth every penny yes. of those oh, seats. Nice. Um, the one thing that was different from 
the game against the Patriots, this game is, I like to bring up the fact that Chase Edmonds didn't get as many touches as he did the first game. And so that goes to show you that Mike McDaniel is really studying playbooks and yes. every game he's adjusting it towards whoever's defense. He had a big run on that last drive though. He did to really kind of start yeah. stealing the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last two minutes of the game, I think took 10 years off my life. Yep. Because, <laughs> what about, the, you know, talk to me about the Hail Mary that was thrown. And that's the thing, right? Hail Mary from Lamar and knowing our defense did not really show up in the first half. It kind of scared me because it's like they found all those open gaps in the first half. X did did not have a good game. He had a pick six. He dropped. He did not. He was burned a couple Mm. of times. And Um, that pick six is what he practices nonstop in practice. Like that's his thing. That's you expect that from X. He he jumped that route. It was a. The second to last drive that the we were we were still we were still down by, down by, by a seven. touchdown, yep. and X could have tied the game. I, and I texted Jorge. I go, that was our tying touchdown. Uh, X doesn't yeah. drop those. He does not drop those. He didn't have a, and he was the one that was defending the last the last receiver because uh, Lamar threw it to one receiver. Usually mm-hmm. throw it to multiple receivers and just play tip drill and see what happens. And he kind of boxed him out. Has a little bit, maybe a little bit of interference, maybe a little, but the refs really, yeah. You, it's, I, I can't recall the last time I saw a ref throw a flag on a Hail Mary because it's just all hell breaks loose. Look at that. Oh, yeah. State we, we would have charged the Saturday. field. It was crazy. <laughs> you would have um, charged and, the field. Yeah. No, we would have jumped the fence. No, uh, but what the Ravens, I wanted to tell you, you go ahead. Yeah. No, the two things I wanted to uh, share with you guys before the game that happened that you didn't see on TV was they actually had a nice thing for Jason Jenkins. They oh, put nice. His, oh, nice. Yeah, they put his picture on the big screen. They had, you know, his uh, date when he was born and when he went up to heaven. So they had they had that there, and then they did a beautiful tribute to Goose. Goose yeah, who passed Saragusa, away. Yeah. Yep. So that was real nice. Um, All his teammates were there. Him. They showed it on TV. Uh, they showed highlights later on on TV. But it was yeah, emotion- so it was, was an emotional nice. game, and uh, but a Ravens team getting smoked like that by a quarterback that many people, including. This priest had written off. Um, <laughs> no, I, not that I wrote him off. It's just that, you know, Tua has been placed in those situations before. Tennessee last year towards the end of the year. The Buffalo game uh, at the end of the previous year when we could have win and you're in in that, uh, mm-hmm. in that scenario. And has and not lived up to the moment. Yesterday, he more than lived up to the moment. Uh, I mean, exactly. I'm looking at his stats right now. 36 for 50, 469 yards, 9.5 yards per pass. Crazy. Six touchdowns, obviously the two interceptions, only sacked once. And a 124, uh, sorry, a 90, no, quarterback rating is not 90. It's, it's, it's The thing is ESPN does their own rating. But uh, yeah. quarterback rating is in the hundreds. Uh, but no, Chase Edmonds had uh, had a, had 33 yards, most, uh, 51. The running game was pretty good, I thought. Decent. Yeah, no, it was decent. And I don't know if you guys saw Tyreek Hill. He went to the locker room a few times. What we found out was that he was cramping. You yes, know, we he got was. nervous when he was, um, we saw him going. And I didn't think he was going to come in. I go, why bother bringing him in if we were getting, we were losing by 21? It had never happened in Dolphin history. We've come back from bigger deficits, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but that's over the course of a game, not in the fourth quarter. Never been done. Then Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Tyreek, 190 Mark yards. Brothers 2.0. Yeah. I would, that's what he's going to. Hill, 190 yards, receiving 11 receptions. Waddle, 11 receptions, 171. Both scored two touchdowns. We hadn't had receivers uh, catch for 150 yards or over since 1986. Mm. Mark's brothers, that's George's reference. Jorge, I mean, <laughs> is, is on it. Duper and Clayton, and that, those were those are just great, great Dolphin teams. And, and, and I was talking to my father when we saw so many Mark's brothers games. I mean, that speed... Is on a different, yeah. They were Duper was really fast, faster than Clayton, but not at this level, not at the Waddle and, and Hill level. Well, and and Tyreek dealing with cramps, still burning defenders like exactly. that. Exactly, that's crazy. Oh, he's I, a different breed. He is, and, he, when, like and you didn't see it. On, you didn't see it actually, but on TV when when he had his first catch, when he had just come back in the game, he was kind of grimacing a little bit. I'm like, oh, he's not gonna make it. You know, he's cramping, oh. at, and still, and this was before. He smoked those two long passes. Yeah, yeah. He, he smoked was, them. He was he was so far beyond the defense. So far, you cannot defend speed. And it was saying uh, Tim Hasselbeck said it last night on ESPN. You know, they asked that when they finished, we're wrapping up. Uh, they were, they're asking, well, what's your biggest takeaway from from week two? He goes, uh, people are going to have trouble defending this Miami Dolphin offense. And you saw it yesterday, Ashley. 
Yeah. No, they definitely proved. I mean, and everybody did their thing. Even Gasicki, right? You know, Gasicki wanted. He ended up getting a touchdown, but it's like he was being used as blocking. He was. Everyone knew their role. And I go back to the last two minutes. It's like everything had to line up perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. Like the timeouts. You know, we had to hold them at the line. We had to make the kick of this and that, and everything was just so perfect. Harbaugh was one mistake. It's done. Yeah, Harbaugh was a little too conservative. I thought on their last drive, settling for the field goal. Conservative yeah. play calling. Yes, oh, I know sounds, you have Justin sounds, Tucker. Uh, sounds like something else we're going to be talking yeah, about. Like, yeah, <laughs> but he was a little. I know you have the best field goal kicker probably of all time in Justin Tucker. Oh, for sure. Oh, and, for sure. But, but I, I'm like, you, you, you milk the clock. Make sure that Tua doesn't get the ball, especially after he smoked you for mm-hmm. three touchdowns already in that game, in in that quarter. Excuse me. Uh, I thought it was too conservative, and uh, but my goodness, what I mean. I was I had mass right afterwards and I I I had to like calm myself down, you know, bring bring the heart rate down because it was <laughs> yeah it was I mean I, and I FaceTime with Ashley right after I just wanted to see the ambiance awesome. and, and and she was surrounded by dolphin fans and and she was in the tunnel everything was quiet it was noisier it was noisier people coming out of my church yesterday than it was people leaving the Raven Stadium yesterday well, I, I have an I have an announcement that's going to make the two of you proud. Okay. I'm, I'm going to the game this weekend. You're going to the Buffalo game? I am going to the game this nice. weekend. Nice. No I, I, oh, no. I want to say I've been to one game before, but I can't remember it. So oh. so uh, this will be the first game I go to that I will actually remember. Oh, George, wow. I'm telling you right yeah. now, heavens forbid, heavens forbid you lose this game, I'm going to ban you for hard rock for the rest of the <laughs> I'm, d- I'm calling No, but so I'm finally now, making it out to a Dolphins game. I want to finish with this because I, I, it carried great weight with me. I, you know, some, I spoke to someone yesterday who was very knowledgeable about football, uh, and he said to me, this is a Super Bowl contending team Ooh. after two weeks because look at the Bengals made the Super Bowl last year. Okay, and can yeah. I can I can I toot my own horn on calling out that the de- the Bengals were not going to be nothing this year? That they were lucky to get to the Super Bowl last year? I'm just saying it happened. They lost to Dallas, a very bad Dallas team yesterday. So, but but when he told me that, I'm like, you know, you think about it. You have Kansas City. Now there's plenty, and you have the Bills, and the Bills can bring us right back down to earth on mm-hmm. on Sunday. Okay, uh-huh. it won't be my fault. Okay, I I don't know what the the Bills haven't played, so they haven't set a line for that for that game yet. But I would imagine we'll see. I I think Vegas it'll be within three, and it could go either way. I don't know what, how Vegas will will do this because even yesterday's game, Vegas knew Vegas only made the Ravens a three and a half point favor. You always get three points for being at home, so really we we're saying Ravens they were spotting us only a half a point. So it was a pretty evenly matched. So Ashley, you also really quickly you went and you you went to the Marlin, uh, excuse me the Marlins game on Friday, and were able to meet Sandy, our oh my God. who is going to be the Cy Young Award winner Run after after he doing his fifth com- we complete game yesterday. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be it'll be Sandy. Ken Rosal said this morning that's the easiest uh, award to pick. But how was it on uh, National Spark on Friday? Oh, Nationals Park blows Marlins Park out of the water. It's such a great, great, great ballpark. <laughs> Everything from the concessions, the people, uh, the suites levels. It's just the, even their um, in between the innings. It was excellent. Uh, we ended up meeting Jesus Lazardo's father after the game, which oh, here we go. was she told fantastic. Me and so Lou in Spanish said something like, "Oh man, you know Jesus pitched great, but then." You know, unfortunately, it didn't work out. And then Jesus Lazardo's father straight up said it's because of the bullpen. <laughs> so to hear, like, someone's father say that, like, it was just like, you know, oh, my goodness. So, but no, it was great to catch it on a away game. We're going to go to the Orioles Tiger skiing tonight. We're staying right next to Canyon Yard. So we're going to check out. Nice. Like, I've That's been a beautiful there ballpark. It is. No, it's a great ballpark. And Orioles are pretty much out of the race at this point. But just to, you know, experience history. So we're going to be doing that tonight. But no, it was really good to see the Marlins on the road. We also met Charles LeBlancstead. Um we uh we said LeBlanc and he's like we, I, we saw his jersey and he said yes that's and he's you know from Canada he goes yes that's my son and he's such a nice guy too <laughs> awesome. so no it's been such a fun trip and I'm excited to bring home at least one one for you guys and uh, you know looking forward to this this Sunday it's gonna be a top you know if we split it with the Bills this year that's gonna be we need to win on Sunday I think we do it's, it's Buffalo in December is gonna be tough for anybody but uh, exactly but it's gonna be a great game on Sunday I can't wait. To see uh-huh. that's that's the standard right now is the Bills. Well, I mean, they've only played one game and they played a night. Uh, yeah, man, they had a long layoff from a Thursday yeah. night game open the year mm-hmm. to Monday night tonight. But 
We'll see what happens. Ashley, well, thank I'm, you so uh, much. I'm building a little a little cubby here to house that sandy that sandy signed baseball, Ash. Right right here right here in the studio. <laughs> next to the Jorge Alfaro uh, ball. I sorted everything. No, it's it's uh, very, very important to me. So there you go. Uh, appreciate you guys. All right, Ashley, have a safe trip back. And I'll see you guys soon. Bye. God bless. All right, so we we touched upon the Dolphins. We d- briefly touched upon the Marlins, and that's more baseball than and Jorge's talked about in in weeks. Yeah, uh, there there will be no the uh, flag is the flag is back up. Yeah, and I'm and I'm and I'm about to wrap myself in the <laughs> Dolphin flag that's right behind me. But uh, we need to talk about Saturday night. Oh uh, man, it was uh, it was there for the taking. It was there, for, uh, but I have to say this about about this team. Any other in previous regimes? Oh, that, a, they they, they, they run been, away with yeah, it. Yeah. They would have been blown out away from, yeah. blown away by everybody. Uh, but it was it was there for the taking. I think we dominated the trenches. We dominated an SEC team. Yep. That's saying a lot, at least physically. I think the play calling was left a lot to be desired. Tyler did not have a very good game. Uh, we need receivers. What else do we need? Uh, they, did, they played scared. Now, I, I missed the whole, I was at an event um, that night, so I, I didn't actually start watching till second half. You didn't much much. No, I mean the first half was the defining employment, the def- defining. I don't know what define. You know, the defining moment of the game when Stevenson muffed the punt. Oh, and I saw that replay. Like, and what? Why? And the thing is, why it, it even bounced, go for it? Just, and it bounced, and you come to no, let it just go, let it go. And we had just we had we had just tied the game three. We forced a three and out. We're getting the ball back. Everything's clicking, and and boom, we're off and running. But that moment, it kind of deflated the team. But in the past, it would have deflated the team to the point yep. of being blown out. Yep. Now, thankfully, our defense, for the most part, did show up, kept them in the game, and we just kept settling for field goals. Yep. That's not just, acceptable. They, 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 like I said, what I saw the second half, they played scared. Uh, the ball coming out of Tyler's hands looked terrible. Yeah, There were some wobbly throws there, missing wide-open guys, drops, drops aside. I mean, he had some wide open receivers oh, yeah. and hit him on the hands, and, and yeah. they were dropping them. They were, it was, it was uh, but but he also had some wide open guys that that he completely missed. And and can I say this to everybody? As can I be a voice of reason? And and in sports, when you're dealing you know, in fandom, no you know, reason, no does not <laughs> you know compute. But this is Mario's third game. This and really, it's Mario's first game because yeah. you, you discount the first two. I mean, Southern Miss. He made halftime adjustments when they were not really playing well in the first half, and they worked out. But you're playing Southern Miss yeah. on a day where you know the Sun Belt Conference was on that in week two was 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 giving fits to everybody. But it's Mario's third game. He has to. He had a lot of transfers, thankfully, but he has to deal with what was in the cupboard, mm-hmm. and what was in the cupboard has not been taught well. You know, it goes back to the Yoda line: you must unlearn what you have learned. And so the missed tackles are still there. Poor tackling is still there. Yep. Um, and so we have to be patient. What's in front of us still haven't played our first ACC game. We still have to go in Death Valley. And if we win in Death Valley, we're all going to forget mm. what happened in College Station. Because mm-hmm. uh, Clemson, for about a half there, struggled against Louisiana Tech. So I, I think that if we get our things together, we get Restrepo back. That's key. And he's oh, out in depth. We don't know. Weeks. What, six weeks. Six weeks. Minimum, said. minimum six weeks. So six weeks puts him around Clemson. Yep. I mean, so that would be big if we get him back for Clemson, but somebody needs to step up yep. in that receiving core. Feed Rooster. Rooster, I mean, the backs, the backs, the backs look, look are, amazing. Are great. And the offensive line played well against, against an SEC yep. defensive line. Physical guys go to Texas AM. A lot of people pick them. Well, a lot of people, Desmond Howard picked them. That doesn't mean much. You know, picked him to win the national. Oh, we, we can't overstate. This was an away game, one point and, and at, a one possession at, game. A, at a in a hostile environment. It's their Fourth, third largest third largest crowd, crowd ever. Mm-hmm. So tell tell me, Miami's largest, not important. Largest non conference crowd. No. Miami still matters. Now everybody went to the game. I I heard it from my cousin CJ. Yeah, yeah. Went to the game and God bless him was back at Manchester. You know, talk. I thought I was tired. This poor man came back, <laughs> landed at 2.30, saw the end of the Dolphin game, and had that adrenaline, and still made it to Mass. God bless you, CJ. Uh, but he went, and, and he echoed the same thing that uh, my cousin did, the nicest yeah. people. My my cousin said yesterday, I'm still hungover because I didn't buy a single drink. They were buying me drinks, walking me to College Station, wow. walking, walking me to Aggieland, 
and both my cousin and CJ, who have never met and didn't see each other in the in in uh, in Kyle Field, they said, both of them said to the to to the Aggie fans, I go, uh, don't expect yeah. this reception when you come to Miami. <laughs> We're not hospitable like this. God bless them. I mean, that shows that if we ever pay, play N A N M again, that may be a trip I I, I may want to do, but. Uh, be patient. I think that we're seeing strides. Yeah. It you was know, competitive. That was and what I was planning it, to say around the third quarter of yesterday's Dolphin games today. That's what I was planning to say yeah. today because I, I saw progress. Yep. I saw what Mike McDaniel was trying to do. And I was like, win or lose, I think that we've seen a change in culture. But having that win makes it a, even, oh, yeah. a little sweeter. Uh, you Really quickly, you said you were going to your first Dolphin game, this, uh, at, least, at least in memory. This Sunday, and I, I mentioned last week that I went, I was going last Tuesday to my first Inter Miami game. Oh yes, and big three points that we picked up in that game. You got to watch a, a half, a half because it was the longest. <laughs> Two and a half delay. hour rain. We delay. finally <laughs> said, you know, we have to, we're an hour away, uh, Dry Pink Stadium. So, but just a great app. I mean, it was a Tuesday night, probably not the atmosphere. Those supporters in in the in the north in the north goal section, my goodness, they bring it. They bring it. They they don't stop. Nice. They're singing. They're chanting. We gotta go. We gotta go. I mean, maybe not this season. I mean, let's maybe go. This season. Three games left. We're There's, above the playoff uh, line. You know, CJ Carly, if you're listening, let's 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 do it. I mean, I was shocked when they, when they turned they turned down free ticket. I had four tickets I could give them. So let's do it. You know, field trip. Oh, look at the schedule. I don't know. I mean, that weekday and Saturday. If I can't make it to a hurricane game, but it it is a fun environment. They've been playing well. And yesterday, snuck out with a win in DC. Uh, and we're right now because of that win. Yep. We're in the playoffs. We're above the playoff line. So, uh, just to and week two of the NFL. My goodness, just insanity. Uh, the Jets. Yeah, pick them right there. Pit, had, oh, we need to. Yeah, pick them. Had a bad week and pick them. Who did? I mean, well, Carly, uh, you need to make your picks, dude. I, I don't know what happened there. Well, he, he picked the afternoon games. I don't know what. No, because I told game. him, I Carly picked the afternoon <laughs> games. Yeah, I texted him. So uh, pick them. I'm, I'm looking it up, but. Before while well, looking up, week two was just crazy. It wasn't anything crazy in the college football world other than Nebraska getting waxed by that, Oklahoma. The whole day of games was so boring. It, uh, the, oh. the LSU, I don't know why they were putting that in, in highlighted at six o'clock. Uh, but no, the, the, pick them. Ivan Martinez is uh, leading at nineteen and ten. All right, Ashley, pre-K who, four. Ashley, Woo-woo. you know, eighteen and eleven is tied with CJ. Um, and so yeah, right now. Um, Gina is bringing up the rear in uh, in uh, in uh, the standings. Of we we passed her last night, so because she had the Bears and we both had the well Car- Carly. Well, but Carly because he didn't pick, but he would have picked. He wouldn't. But it, the, what happens there is it, it win percentage will come in because I'm sure somebody there because the kids will get in the way or something. They'll forget to do their picks before Thursday before one o'clock on Never. Sunday. It happens. So that's why when it comes out, you know, Tuesday morning, do your picks and. But yeah, we're having fun, and and yeah, I was, I was gonna say yesterday week two, just crazy games, witching hour. I wasn't paying attention because the Dolphin game was going on because I didn't I didn't see I didn't know what happened at the Jets game in God, Cleveland Jets. until I saw the highlights in Sports Center last night. Cleveland, all you had to do was kneel the ball four times, and the game would have been over. You score a touchdown and miss the extra point, and in come the Jets. Everybody's thinking, oh, it's a backdoor cover, you know, in terms of gambling. No, it was an outright win. And the end of the Arizona-Vegas game. That was nuts. Uh, Kyler Murray, take a bow. That, just a two-point conversion ran for 83 yards mm-hmm. around the field. It, it was a two-yard play. 83 yards. You know, 20 seconds that play took. <laughs> because they, the Raiders were rushing two people. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> what is going on? But that's why we love Football is just... Amazing, amazing. Um, and Aaron Judge hit 58 and 59 yesterday. That's right. He's about one away from Ruth, and he's going to blow past Maris. Is he, i finish with this, if he passes Maris, yes. is he your personal home run king? Yes. There you go. You don't even have to ask the question. Yeah. I, uh, and already is uh, the most right-handed homers of all time. Because, I mean, just at least in the American League. Yeah. That just uh, just the multi homer games. Is, it's sick, and, and and we have two weeks locked, left in the season. Locked in. It's two weeks left in the season. I still don't trust the Yank. I mean, they won a, in a, in a blow. You know, in oh, a, how's the Mets thing going? Oh, I, I haven't checked the Mets. 
I'll look at it right now. The Mets thing is going. I mean, I know they were one. They were one ahead. The Mets thing is some point they're one ahead still. Still one ahead. They're, they're, right. they're, they're there. The Marlins. Uh, there's an E next to the Marlins. Yes, we've been officially eliminated from postseason contention. But yeah, it, it, there's so much going on. But football and two Monday night games tonight. Lucky us. Wow, Dolph. I mean Tennessee at uh, Bills, and the Bills have a short week and then have to come here. Yeah. Hopefully Tennessee gives them a good game. That's right. And and tires them out. And then uh, afterwards, uh, not afterwards, an hour and a half later, it starts Minnesota at the Eagles. So who'd you pick? You're not going to tell me. Nope. And you'll find out tomorrow. Well, you'll All find right. out at kickoff. No, at kickoff. When it uh, shows yeah. up. <laughs> All right. Great, great podcast today. We're so stoked. We got our catechists and then the Dolphins. And it was just great. And um, we're, we're, we're so excited. Uh, or it was telling I'll be, me before I'll the, be a little disconnected this weekend. Yeah, you will be. But uh, the uh, Hori tells me before the, you, you, Father, you're, you're a little like you look a little. You know, you're like a little off. This way. I'm like I'm tired. You know, this this kind of you know perked me up. And now, and now I have a funeral I have to get to. So there you go. So parents, do the basics. Teaching the sign of the cross. Start from there. Work your way up. Know that we're always here to help you. Know that you're the primary catechist. Bring your children into a relationship, bring your family into a relationship with Christ Jesus our Lord. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.